This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. Hello, hope you're okay on Friday, August 26th. Thanks for downloading today's podcast. We'll have plenty of reaction to that huge energy price cap increase in a bit, plus a look ahead to Gillingham's game this weekend. But first, a man who runs a boot fair in Medway has put anti-tank defences outside the field to stop travellers breaking in. Mark Greenfield got worried after caravans were spotted in a nearby park. He's put big concrete blocks outside the gates in Upner and hired a security guard to sleep on the site in a tent. It comes as we've been taking a look at the action being taken to clamp down on unauthorised travelling encampments in the county. Kent's Police and Crime Commissioner Matthew Scott says the new Policing Act will make a big difference. So there was a sense of frustration before this legislation was introduced that when there was an illegal encampment taking place, particularly in a local community facility, that the public authorities weren't acting quickly enough to clear it away, uh, which would lead to concerns around uh, fly tipping, littering, uh, as well as the lack of access to community facilities such as parks and leisure centres. So legislation was introduced because the the process itself was quite slow. The landowner had to go to court to get certain orders in place. And the rationale which was drawn up by the National Police Chiefs Council for when they police would use their powers was awfully convoluted. And effectively, if you went through the chart which showed their process, every answer paying back to it's the landowner's responsibility and policing UK uh, weren't going to deal with it. So what we did uh, as a government, and I campaigned for this before it was introduced, was to introduce a specific criminal offence that would make it quicker and easier for the police and other authorities to to deal with. So it introduces a a criminal offence with a three-month prison sentence for uh, people breaking onto uh, other people's land, particularly community facilities. It broadens the threshold for which it can be used. And it also gives them the power to ban people from that land for a period of time as well. So it's comprehensive legislation. Uh, And the important thing is as well is that if people comply with the legislation, once they've been given the warning, no further action is taken. So the the outcome is to get that land back for the local community. So it's an important piece of legislation which covers an awful lot of ground, but one I think will improve things for communities where you've got these illegal encampments. In the last 12 years, I think there's been an increase of over 40% in the amount of land available for fixed encampments. So there are greater facilities are available. And I understand that the government's made about 10 million pounds available to local authorities this year to improve the facilities which are available. Uh, and again, you know, this isn't about fixed sites. This is about people taking a conscious decision to use other people's land for an activity which is not permitted. So that we, we do have to separate the two because they, the people on fixed sites are not causing the same problems as those who are uh, breaking onto other people's land. But in order to strike that balance between the two to deal with community issues, Kent Police does have a gypsy liaison team uh, which works with fixed sites, uh, local authorities uh, and others to act as a go-between between the police uh, communities and themselves so that we've got that constant relationship going on. Uh, and it, sh- it shows again that Sometimes people raise concerns about the police interaction with some of these communities that that they've gone woke and that they won't interact with them. That's not true here. There is, you know, if there is access to a site that police can use, they will go onto any site and deal with anybody. That's the role mm. that the police play here in Kent. They don't 
who without fear or favour, they police everybody. Uh, and that includes people on fixed encampments. But we see it's separate from the problem of the, the traveller um, encampments, which are illegal. That is a very separate issue. That is people who are choosing to break onto other people's land. And we shouldn't have any tolerance of that because as we see all too often, it generates costs for taxpayers in terms of cleanup and it, it removes the ability of families to use community facilities at times. Kent Online reports. Now, I'm sure you've heard lots of talk today about the energy price cap and what the rise will mean for our gas and electricity bills. The regulator Ofgems increased it by 80%, meaning the average household will pay about £3,500 a year from October. It's feared millions of families will struggle to afford it. David Holt from Canterbury Food Bank has been giving us his reaction to the announcement. It's nothing short of a catastrophe. People in Canterbury have already struggled for months with soaring inflation and the new increases will push a lot of them over the edge. Worryingly, there's no sign of an end, not even the beginning of an end to the crisis. And more and more people, people who didn't think it could happen to them, are being forced into poverty. Our latest data from last night shows that CFB has provided enough food for 5,814 meals so far this month in the Canterbury district. That's double what we did last year. We'll continue to support the hungry and anyone who cannot afford food should contact us. But we're not a permanent solution and that can only come from governments. The Chancellor insists more support is on the way, but he hasn't given us any details on what to expect. Ishmael's been chatting to Kelly Green, who's a Labour County councillor in Dartford. I think urgent action absolutely is needed. Uh, we've already been through a very difficult time with uh, austerity and then with COVID. Um, I, I can see a lot of people's mental health is is becoming very problematic because of the worry that they're facing and all this kind of indecision and and lack of action by by the government is really making things things worse i absolutely uh, applaud charities that are trying to help people in this situation that are calling for, for measures because because that's what we need because clearly people are not going to be able to afford the kind of energy bills that we're talking about and we're not even talking about people that have struggled previously we're talking about people that are on what traditionally we would call good salaries um, I've heard sort of advice to people like to, you know, work out a rotor of whose house to go to each day and things like that to try and share energy. Um, I know Martin Lewis has been talking about warm banks, so I've been trying to put together a list of places people can go to keep warm. But none of these things are conducive for a good, healthy life. So absolutely, I think we need radical action now. What does that mean? What, what should be done? What should the government be doing to, to try and support households? Well, as you know, I remember the Labour Party. The Labour Party called quite a long time ago for a um, a windfall tax, uh, which the government then followed to, to some degree. I'd like to see that looked at further. I think uh, we're all very aware of the situation in the Ukraine, but equally we're also very um, very aware of the profits that are being made by the energy companies um, and some of the um, pay we're seeing of people at the top of those energy companies. This is, you know, kind of leading to more unfairness in the country, more, more, more difficulty. We need to look at those sort of things, and the government really needs to take those things in hand. Um, the government needs to listen to charities and what they're they're suggesting, um, and, you know, the idea of this price cap that just keeps rising and rising and calling it a price cap is is clearly now ridiculous. I think for some time. We've been worrying about what the point of off gem is, and I think I think that's proven more than ever now. We talked about briefly about the idea of, of warm banks. Um, um, it seems like you're 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 backing that idea if you're putting a list together of potential ideas. Do you think that's a necessity? And certainly, if energy bills are going to rise even further, to be honest, it's a horrible thing to, to have to be doing. Um, the last thing anybody should be doing or having to do 
is to leave their house to go and sit in a public building to, to keep warm. Uh, you know, it's, it's a horrific state of affairs, but equally, you know, food banks are a horrific state of affairs. We really shouldn't be in a situation in the sixth richest country in the world where people can't afford to buy food. But here we are with, I think there's more food banks than McDonald's now, which is which is absolutely astounding. Um, I would very much like to say that I don't think we're going to need warm banks, that, you know, this is not the kind of society we are. But unfortunately, I think this is where we are. Um, it's certainly something that Martin Lewis, the money-saving expert, has has suggested saying he's run out of tools to advise people. So on that basis, I thought it was kind of um, incumbent on me to try, try and get a list so I can at least tell people where they can go if, that, if that's what they need. I think we also need to think about the effect this does have on people of, of, of not being able to provide for themselves and provide for their families when they're working hard and working a lot of hours. That, that's a, that's a, a terrible burden to be placing. It'll be a big job for the next Prime Minister to tackle. Alexander Rourke is from Thunit Iceberg, which helps those in poverty. I'm really worried for the households that are already struggling because if you have no money to pay your bills now, then come tomorrow when they make this announcement, I think probably a, a lot of families are are going to be devastated. I mean, they're talking about nearly doubling it. And uh, I just don't know where the money's coming from. We are seeing a, a marked increase in people that are contacting us, um, social services, the job centre, that they're, they're referring people in. And if people don't know where to turn, if they're struggling for any answers at all, I mean, like I said, Martin Lewis himself has, says that he's run out of ideas on what tools are available to support people financially. Um, is this now all down to the government, really? What urgent action are, are, are they going to have to come up with? And they're going to have to come up with something. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's hard, isn't it? Because the government will say, well, what are we to do? And, 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 and I get that. But ultimately, yes, state is there to look after its people, ultimately. And the people are struggling. And we could see an increase in this windfall tax. I, I read somewhere that they reckon that the amount of profit that is going to be made by the companies taking uh, gas out of the North Sea oil um, will be higher than if they were to pay everybody another £600 on their bills. So a windfall tax would certainly go a long way to paying uh, either paying the increase or actually just freezing the increase. And instead of giving that money to people, just cap what the companies can charge um, and take the windfall out of the companies that way. And VAT is another way. If they, you know, we're still paying um, 20% VAT on our, on, on, on our fuel. So if that was to drop down to 17 and 15%, um, that's another nearly thousand pounds into the pockets of families a year. Um, so just two things, freeze the, freeze the benefits, uh, or sorry, freeze the, 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 the profits by the companies, lower the, 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 the VAT, and you've already put 1,500, 2,000 pounds into people's pockets, which would mitigate 
most of the costs. There are also concerns about the impact it'll have on businesses in the county. Joe James is from the Kent Invicta Chamber of Commerce. I know the government's doing all they can to try and support consumers. Um, but actually, you know, they're not doing anything to support business. And where will consumers be if businesses end up having to cease trading because they cannot meet the sparring costs? Um, you know, support does need to be there for business. Um, I'm talking to businesses on a daily basis. You know, people whose bills, are, you know, that one I know of, um, you know, has gone up from 1.2 million to 4.1 where does that extra money come from? I was talking with a small business only early this morning, um, you know, and their bills have gone up from 69,000 to 110, and they've got a break-even budget. You know, where does that leave them? So I think there's real concern from where I'm sitting here as a chamber of what's going to be happening to our businesses come this winter and into next year. And as a chamber network, you know, we, we've written to, to, to the prime minister, to the chancellor, uh, to, to you name it, who we, we, we've written to them um, on behalf of business. And, and, and we're asking really for five things to support business at the moment. And the first one is, you know, Ofgem need to be given more power to strengthen regulation of the energy market for business, because at the moment they have that around consumers, but they don't have the powers for business. Um, business needs a temporary cut in VAT of 5% to, to reduce bills. And actually, I think in cases they need to be looking similar to the COVID style support introduced to uh, introduced back in the days of the pandemic, but a government um, emergency grant scheme for SMEs, not a blanket grant scheme, but some sort of emergency grant scheme. Um, but also they can also help businesses because, you know, there's fuel costs, there's other inflationary pressures by temporarily reversing that increase in national insurance. And another way that they can help because at the moment you know businesses are really trying difficult to actually get people we've got a real not a skill shortage at the moment our biggest suffering is a people shortage particularly with so many dropping out of the market is the government to urgently review and reform uh, that shortage skills list occupation for for, for, for eu workers so, you know, there, there's things the government need to do now to support business because, you know, the, the price cap at the moment, you know, it's, it's going up in October. It's going to be reviewed quarterly. It's not as if it's going up in October and then that's it. You know, it's going to be subject to ongoing reviews. And, and to be honest, for, for, for businesses and for households, it is just unsustainable. You know, if you're, if, you know, you know, we know the impact on business, businesses are, are faced with numerous pressures. And this is just probably for many, one step too many. But also as, as, as consumers, as individuals, you know, our, our salaries are static. Where's this extra money coming from? Um, with all the increased costs on businesses, because it's affecting us as well. You know, the money's not there to match the price increase. Um, so yeah, I, I have real, I probably have more concern for business at the moment over the next six to nine months, maybe 12 months than actually I did during the pandemic.
it is a real concern, real concern. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A bit of a mystery for you now as a plane has been spotted circling in the skies above Maidstone. It was flying low over the town yesterday afternoon and flight tracking data shows it went round eight times. It's thought the aircraft hit a pigeon and carried out an emergency landing at Gatwick to check the engine. A Kent water park that was forced to close after several people got ill has been declared safe to reopen. It's been confirmed norovirus was spread by a visitor to White Mills Wake Water and Aqua Park in Sandwich. The site's been shut for six days and the water was tested. It's now been given the all clear by health bosses. Royal Mail workers in Kent and the rest of the country are out on strike today. More than 100,000 members of staff are taking industrial action in a row over pay. Our reporter Chantal's been out on the picket line in Ashford, speaking to Justin Mulcahy, who's worked for Royal Mail for 29 years. We've had a good response here. We've got 180 employees. At least 60, 65 have come out today um, with banners. And I've got them some whistles to make it so the public can hear us. We've had great support with public coming in cars and beeping as you can hear now. Um, yeah, there's so much support. This part of the of the protest of the strike action to do with pay. Uh, basically, what we're asking for is um, we haven't even got to the point of actually asking what the pay rise is because the the Royal Mail employees won't sit down and talk to us. Um, on numerous occasions, we've asked to talk, them, they're just absolutely not interested. And they keep banking on that they're going to give us 5.5, which is absolutely misleading uh, because to get the 5.1, they want to change our conditions, which is Sunday working, uh, get rid of our allowances, um, just totally ripping out our conditions. Um, so that's where we are now. And plus, they, they say what we do, we give you £500 bonus on achieving the scores, what we do. We're nowhere near that. And the hard-working Ashford postmen are doing like 25,000 steps a day and over eight, nine miles a day. Absolutely knackered. We, we are hitting our efficiency as what we're doing, but they want more. So that's where we are with it. How does it make you feel? Angry. I'm absolutely angry, um, passionate, angry. Um, this is going to be a fight for our lives. I think they want to break the union. Really want to break us because by breakers they can just sell us off to wherever. We're all going to stick together. We're going to fight this, and we're going to win. Yeah. We're not getting paid today. You know, we're absolutely not getting paid for this. These people coming here, they could go down the beach, but they're here to try and fight for our survival. You know, so. Clearly means a lot to everybody. In the yeah, it does. Then. I mean, I've, you know, um, a lot of people. We've got a lot of new people on 30-hour contracts. Can't afford the cost of living crisis. When, when they can't, they can't afford it. You know, and they're here today. You know, they're going to lose a lot of money. You know, they got. You know, so. We've got to pay respect. Everyone's got to get behind us. Kent Online reports. On to some other news. And a shopping centre in Chatham is going to be demolished and replaced with flats. Plans to develop the Trafalgar Centre in the High Street have been given the go-ahead. Parts of the multi-storey car park in Road Street will also be knocked down to make way for 175 apartments, co-working spaces and creative art studios. Now, here's a question for you. Would you dob in your neighbour if you caught them breaking the hosepipe ban? A gardener in Sevenoaks has reported an elderly woman to the council after she hired someone to come in and water her garden. It's called some anger as many of us are trying to save water during the official drought which has been declared. You can let us know what you think by voting in a poll in the story. A hit-and-run crash near Folkestone has been caught on camera. Dashcam footage shows a vehicle crashing into the back of a car on the A260 before spinning around and driving off. The couple in the car were understandably shocked. 
They're urging whoever did it to come forward. Police are also investigating. Elsewhere, a driver's been arrested in Ashford after apparently being caught smoking cannabis and vaping at the same time. They were spotted by officers in an unmarked police car at a roundabout. A roadside drug test showed a positive result for cannabis. Residents on Sheppey say they're fed up with lorries dumping soil over the side of cliffs. It's claimed big vehicles going through East Church are causing damage and putting people's safety at risk. But Malcolm Newell insists he's trying to rebuild the cliff after part of it collapsed a few years ago. He's been chatting to our reporter John Nerdon. How long have you been here and how long were you told you would be safe? I've been here since 2001. 2001, um, uh, I, I came here with my wife. I was told when I came here by a gentleman from uh, when I when I was on board with all the goings on from the environment. You have got oh at least at least another 75 years here. So I've only had 20 years or just over 20 years here now, trying to uh, get some support in at the end of the road. Uh, so we're not going to lose our homes, which is coming from local places uh, where they're creating new properties. Uh, so the stuff that's coming in is, is good, clean soil. I would like to see the cliffs back with greening, trees, some of the fauna and flora on the, on the cliffs itself, which is the animals. Uh, as anybody would tell you, if it's bare clay, nothing will grow on bare clay. Uh, it's not illegal. We are entitled uh, under Parliament that we can protect our own homes and, and the, uh, uh, the road, reinstatement of the road, is our responsibility, which we will do eventually, uh, not as a road, but as a footpath, so people can actually use the area which it used to be able to be used. There were complaints about uh, lots of lorries. How, how many lorries are, are are you using? Uh, we probably have up to four a day. We're, we're, we're not having the amount of lorries that they're saying that's going down Walden Road. We are a, a private company, well, a community company, and we run our own thing. We run our paper pickup or plastic or anything that goes through over anywhere near our cliffs. We go out and pick up and we pick the rubbish up, which we stop any pollution anywhere. The Environment Agency has set up a meeting to discuss concerns. Kent Online reports. Let's get an update now on a story we told you about earlier this week. There were concerns about the former home of actor Peter Cushing falling into disrepair. You'll probably know him from films like Dracula, Frankenstein and Star Wars. The house he lived in for the final 25 years of his life is near Island Wall on Whitstable Seafront. It's been looking a bit run down recently and the garden's become completely overgrown. The owner's now promising to work hard on sprucing it up and insists it only needs a little TLC. And here's a story that might put a smile on your face. A two-year-old boy from Canterbury has managed to get a toilet training seat stuck on his head. You'll be glad to hear Noah Darrell Smith is completely fine and actually left his parents chuckling after he got it stuck round his neck. They took him to hospital and firefighters were eventually called to remove it. They also gave the little boy a tour of a fire engine. 
Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham are making the long trip north to take on Carlisle United this weekend. The Jules haven't had a great start to their League Two season and have lost three out of five matches so far. But manager Neil Harris is trying to stay positive. Saturday was a big hurdle for us, getting that clean sheet, getting that mentality back after after a couple of disappointing defensive performances. Um, so getting that clean sheet mentality for the last couple, it, it's been big, but certainly on Saturday it was. Um, and then getting through the other night, like I said, whether we'd won in open play, whether we've scored a first minute goal, last minute goal, or win on penalties, it's irrelevant. We've got the clean sheet and we've got through on penalties, so we're delighted. Um, it does build momentum, but what we've got to do is continue that and the mindset can't change away from home. We, The boys have a performance um, after Tramia, so expect to strong performance from us, a good start, a strong performance. Um, and then it's just finding that top end of the pitch, that, that, that magic moment. Um, and we just look like a team at the moment needs an own goal, a set play, a penalty, something just to, just to go our way, just to get the ball rolling. Because I think everyone can see from box to box, we're quite good. <laughs> we're quite good. It's just that final moment in the area where we just, uh, we can't find that killer instinct. It's never easy going to Carlisle to win a game of football. Um, so we have that mindset to, to, to make sure we start well and secondly they're a competitive League, league 2 team with an experienced manager um, they're an organised team they've got some threatening players they've got quite a big group they've got players back from injury as well then then they've got you know a very good squad at this level so it's just another League 2 challenge um, and another team that, that, that wants to do well wants to be competitive and, and you know, again, it's about me focusing on my group and making sure that I pick the right team, the right tactics, the right formation um, to counteract anything that Carlisle have got for us. Kickoff tomorrow is at three. That's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can now get access to the ad free Kent Online premium site by subscribing at kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.